The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show celebrating its milestone 832nd episode. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, wearing the same hoodie that I am. Facts. Is our producer and powerful leader. I like that. I like Ashley that more. Pickle. Yeah. Hello, Ashley. Hello. We are wearing the same jacket. Yeah. Because it's freezing in here. It at is very cold. All point in times. It is very cold. Uh, do we have first four through the door? Yeah, we do. Let's see. Um, Rob Hadaway, Allison Brown, Nicholas Morton, and Paul Roberts. Uh, Welcome in. Also in the studio, I'll introduce him before we get into our normal nonsense so he doesn't feel excluded. Also wearing <laughs> the same hoodie that <laughs> we are. Look at that. That's a lie. I'm wearing the basketball one. Oh! oh pay it's, attention it's to attention. the fine details. Look at you know that. What? We'll you get a close-up for you. <laughs> it's uh, it's Shahan Jayaraja, and I don't say this lightly. In my face. Yeah. In my <laughs> Boom. face. Boom. Right in my face. <laughs> Roasted. Yes. Absolutely yes. roast. Shahan, we love that. <laughs> I am simply putting on for our basketball content, which, by the way, textbasketball.com mm-hmm. in the next uh, couple weeks. Yes. Going to be seeing a whole lot of content. Maybe next Tuesday. Not not maybe. You can announce it. Go okay, ahead. Fine. Next Tuesday. Oh, here we go. Big we will announce the cover <gasps> of Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball with a cover story written by yours truly. So you know it's going to be good. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> on on this very program. On this program. It's a big get for us. It's a big get for, for this program. <laughs> I got to tell you. I feel, right. I feel pretty good. Right. right. And, and I did let the tease go last week on Republic of Football for the first time ever. At Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball, we will be having a sole athlete on the cover of the magazine. Oh, oh, yeah. big time! Yeah, Ooh, that's that big, time. big time. That's yeah. we did. A, we did our first photo shoot with them too, so we're mm-hmm. we're doing it big this time. Uh, that's as much info as we're okay. going to give you at this okay. time. Uh, no, I, I want to ask one question. What's up? I hope you can answer it. Okay, is it me? Am I on the cover? Uh, no, absolutely not. I mean, I mean. Let him answer. We we are all about putting reserve offensive linemen on the cover of basketball magazines. But but this year, especially ones, especially ones who exhausted their eligibility 15 years ago. Back when I was still in uh, elementary school. Why don't we stop that? Oh, yeah. If we want to talk age here, we can. (laughs) I'll take a couple of years versus whatever is going on here. Yeah, I'm getting a coffin for my next birthday today is tuesday <laughs> october 8th 2019 51 days until thanksgiving episode 832 832 lee stevens is ops and Lester's texas rangers career on today's show shahan's here we're going to talk a little college football uh from around the state we're going to announce the visit fort worth coaches of the week as well as the dairy max built by chocolate milk assistant coach of the week nominees and then matt step 
was on to uh, two different places. He was in the DFW Metroplex. We'll hear from uh, Arlington Bowie coach Danny DeArmond. Uh, and then he also went down to Houston and caught up with the head coach of uh, Pasadena Adobe, who's unbeaten for the first time since 1999, uh, Kevin Bernithi, uh, caught up with him. So we'll hear from both of those gentlemen coming up here at the back half of the program. It feels like since it's episode 832, I mean, seems like we should be more of a Houston show today, right? Uh, that's excellent. That's really, that's really, mm, well, you know He's what? got his thinking you cap got, you on. Got, you're keeping your head on a swivel here. This and he burned you earlier. Sean needs to stay on, be on Oof, more often. Yeah. I don't know. I think Greg might protest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he protests me I, every day. It's I okay. He might too. Uh, all right. <laughs> so let's get into um, a little bit of college football with our college football insider, Shahan J. Raja. Follow him on Twitter at Shahan J. Raja. Spell exactly like it sounds. Um, <laughs> let's start with where you were. You. Yeah. You. And you know what? I got to give you some props <laughs> here. You kind of <laughs> called your shot. And you said, you know what? I'm going to go out to Lubbock. There were other games around the state. I think you could have gone to um, Manhattan. Yeah. And seen Baylor play Kansas State. For sure. For sure. I think if you want, I think there would have been some intrigue if you had gone to El Paso for oh, UTEP and UTSA. Yeah. Um, I, I would have also, I wouldn't have. SMU uh, Tulsa. SMU Tulsa. That was a for big sure. one. Yeah. That, that I, was probably the closest one for me. The, uh, the other one I'll throw out there um, because I, I think we all felt that Texas, you're, you're, you're going to, spoil it, you're going to Texas yeah. OU this year, this yeah. week. So you didn't want to do Texas to go to West Virginia. Dallas. I think you could have gone to Birmingham yeah. for Rice and UAB. There would have been some yeah. interest there. But you kind of called your shot. You said, you know what? I'm going to Lubbock. Well, I, I think you're forgetting one. Obviously, the game that I should have potentially gone to in addition to this uh, was obviously Houston Baptist Incarnate Word. Or the Battle of Piney Woods with Stephen F. Austin Sam Houston. I, I was thinking it. about that yeah. one. Yeah. Anyway, that one. you went to Tech, uh, where Tech pulled off the pulled off what, would, what is definitely an upset. Yeah. They knocked off uh, number 22 Oklahoma State Yeah. Uh, in pretty... It was dominant. Pretty dominant fashion. Was I mean, dominant. it was. They were. It, it. It played out. Actually, it played out a lot like what that Dallas Cowboys game played like out like on Sunday, where they ran out to a big lead and the game was fundamentally over. Got a little hairy at the end, yeah. but like really, more or less, there was no doubt who the better team was, which no. I think is pretty shocking considering what we've seen in the last couple of games from from Tech. Right. Basically, Oklahoma State had Chuba Hubbard, mm-hmm. and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that Texas Tech's defense, and actually, let's even back up. Texas Tech's defense a week ago gave up 51 points to Oklahoma. I mean, it was a horrible performance. It was one that they described as embarrassing. Uh, they talked about extensively after the game how embarrassed they were by that performance and, and how much they wanted to have a better game to show on film. And with the next week coming to town with Spencer Sanders, you know, a, a former Mr. Texas football, uh, you know, Shuba Hubbard with Tylen Wallace, a Bolitnikoff finalist, as good an offense as you're going to find anywhere. They really wanted to make that statement. And to go out there, they forced five turnovers, which is the most that they forced in a game since 2008. Uh, offensively, I mean, Jet Duffy comes in. He was their third-string quarterback coming into the year. 424 yards, five total touchdowns. I mean, it was it was everything. It was every part of their game. They dominated them on both lines. It was obvious. Uh, Jordan Brooks was the best player on the field, their linebacker. I yeah. mean, it was a total demolishment at the hands of Texas Tech. It was, it was really impressive, and... and, and it kind of here's here's my thought on it. Yeah. Okay. And I tweeted it out. Yeah. It's just proof that playing in Lubbock is just it's like <laughs> it's even the, when they're not very good, even like and we, we I I don't know if this necessarily changes my outlook on Tech. I still think they're probably about a five or six win team. I, I think though that after losing to Arizona, yeah, we thought maybe they were a three win team. Yes. And mm-hmm. so True. I think that this is. I think that they are a slightly below average team in the Big Twelve, and I think that at this moment you take that. But my thought is that even when they're not an elite team, yeah, the, 
like playing in Lubbock's a chore. Well, <laughs> it's just it's a chore. Yeah, we call them in the mimosas at those eleven o'clock games. <laughs> yeah, they man. they get flowing and there's no stopping them. Well, uh, you know the thing I will say is like. Oklahoma State, maybe just because of geographically, I mean, it's not the worst drive for sure in the Big 12 going from uh, Stillwater to, to Lubbock. But, I mean, that is a drive that kind of takes it out of you. Yeah. You know, that's a drive that, you know, for me, I, after doing it last year, I think last year I came in day of for a game or something. Or maybe I left day of. I can't remember what it was. And this weekend I was like, no, I have to stay for multiple days. Like, I, I just have to do it because it's a chore to drive out there. Um, and, you know, it's it's a great place. It's a I had a good time out there, but... There's just something too, just the amount of passion that that fan base has, and um, and also the motivation that I think those players have. You know, people at Texas Tech have an edge to them, mm-hmm. and the lazy comparison that's been made a million times, is obviously the Chris Beard thing. But I mean, Matt Wells has his own identity too, his own physical identity. They want to make games difficult. They want to make you work for it, um, and you know. Talking to a bunch of their defenders after the game, I got a chance to talk to their defensive coordinator Keith Patterson um, and, and a couple of their linebackers. And the biggest takeaway was. They want to play defense in a way where you have to adjust to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to adjust to you. They don't want to play bend, don't break. They don't want to do anything like that. They're going to pressure you. They're going to get after you. And I think with Spencer Sanders, and, and he had a good game against Texas, but he's had some issues with turnovers. But the biggest thing is I don't think that Texas got after him quite as much as Texas Tech did. You know, Texas Tech played way more aggressive. And there were times that they got burned, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that happened. That's going to happen when you play defense like that. But they were so aggressive. And watching them last year versus this year, aggressiveness-wise, especially in that secondary, it, it's night and day. And I think that that's why you start seeing some of these results. And, you know, you see the final score, they scored 35 points. I mean, that's really just at this point, Tech is very shallow defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, they just kind of got worn down. And they played like 93 defensive plays. Mm-hmm. But they were the better team, and it wasn't really that close. Yeah, and, and an impressive showing from Jet Duffy. Um, uh, an impressive. Um, that is, I'm really glad that Eric Nzukama had kind of a breakout year yeah. or breakout game because yeah. that was a guy we were super high on coming out of Keller. Well, that, that's Creek. what uh, that's what everybody said this offseason mm-hmm. was that he was going to be the guy, and um, and it hasn't really happened. But uh, but. It, TJ Vasher had kind of the game that we expected him to have uh, another guy who's kind of been in and out this season. Um, you know, they just have so many guys. <laughs> That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. You know, you, you got, uh, I always forget the kid's name. It's RJ Thompson, something like that. I can't remember what it is, but, uh, the transfer from ULM. Yes. Um, he's a big time player. He, he combined for 1700 yards the last two years. Uh, he had a big game, uh, Deontay Thompson. I mean, just so many guys because they had so many options at receiver and some of those guys are starting to come forward. And also they're being RJ able Turner. to run the RJ Turner. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I apologize. Um, but they just have so many options yeah. and it's hard for teams to match up with when they really get going. Yes. Um, elsewhere in the Texas college football ranks, um, let's talk a moment about Baylor. Yeah. They they follow up their, their um, I would say, uh, satisfying win over Iowa State yeah. by going to Kansas State and scuffling out of the gate and, and starting slow, but their defense held it in, out, uh, held it, uh, held a minute. Eventually, they pulled it out basically because they got the running game going. Sure. Um, I mean, right now, look, Baylor's five and zero. They're going to be favored this week against Tech at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking at six and zero. I mean, this is we kind of said in the in the in the magazine we thought that this they could be the sleeper in the Big Twelve. And it's kind of shaping out that way. The schedule helps. I think the schedule helps. And I also think Iowa State was not as good as we thought that they they potentially could be. But at the same time, I mean, right now, the the bottom line is that that Baylor is setting themselves up as probably, right now, what, third best team in the Big 12? I mean, I think that they 
in a lot of ways have moved into that top three group, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, you know, the other teams that we saw maybe competing for that were Oklahoma State, who have we've seen kind of mixed signs on, and losing in Lubbock, I think, is a huge knock mm-hmm. to that effort. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa State was picked third in the Big 12, and like you said, they're probably not as good as we thought, but they're still decent, and, mm-hmm. and Baylor... You know, uh, the last quarter, you know, whatever, but but they still kind of handled them. And to go on the road against Kansas State and win pretty easily, oh, yeah. even though Charlie Brewer did not have a very good game and, no. and also got knocked out. Um, you know, this defense seems like it's legit. Mm-hmm. This defense seems like it's a real thing. And for, uh, for example, for Iowa State to, you know, score zero points through three quarters against this defense in Waco and then go and score 49 on TCU's defense the next week. I mean, TCU has their own issues, but that's pretty impressive from Baylor's defense. So this is as balanced a team, I think, that we've seen in Waco in a couple of years. You know, they, they I think that this defense really has a chance to be special. And you see just how much playing, you know, that many defensive backs back and having some good linebacker play from a couple of seniors, it just helps. And, and when you can kind of win on the back end, it limits those big plays. It limits those opportunities. It forces teams to dink and dunk. And most college football teams just aren't uh, able to do that consistently. Uh, I, I think so. And, and, and so, yeah, I think the, the, the defense is legit. Obviously, a big test this weekend's tech. If, yeah. if Jet Duffy's really feeling it. And uh, so it should be interesting. But, uh, but so far, so good. Let's talk about the other undefeated team in the state of Texas, which is the SMU Mustangs. Yeah. Who almost spit the bit, <laughs> but didn't. But, but didn't. didn't. And the point I made yesterday on the show, and I want to see if you agree, we are not at the point yet with SMU where we can start getting mad about style points. No. Mm-mm. They're still they're still 6-0. They're one of two 6-0 teams in the nation. I, I want to be very clear, yes. okay? One year ago, yeah. SMU won five games total. Yeah. Right? And And... This was billed as a quick rebuild. You know, this was billed as a let's get some guys in there and let's take advantage of our talent. But this team was 5-7 and seven last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about triple... I, actually, you know, a funny story. My sister is a sophomore at SMU, right? Mm-hmm. And after the game, uh, you know, she's not a big football fan. <laughs> you know, I tr- I'm trying my best, but, uh, <laughs> but she's not a big football fan. After the game, she texted me and she was like, was that embarrassing for us? I'm like, to win the football game? No. To move no. to 6-0? No, uh, no, that'll work. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I mean, again, at this point, if you lose the game, I mean, even if you lose the game, I mean, this is a thing that happens. I mean, the, the AAC is a good conference. And honestly, I mean, Tulsa wasn't very good last year, but they've looked pretty good this yes. year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've had a very tough schedule. Their three losses have come against teams that were very good, you know, and so even if they had lost the game, it wouldn't have been embarrassing by any means. I but, agree with that. But for them to come back, for them to wear them down and, and I mean. What can you, what can you even say about James Brochet at this point? He's awesome, man. He he's freaking awesome. Uh, are we ready to call him the best receiver in the state? I mean, here's the thing. I don't. I, I want to be clear. I don't think that he's the most talented receiver in the state because yeah. I still think that's Jalen Rager. Sure. But if you want to talk about the guy who is being who is right now the yeah. most dangerous receiver in the state, yeah. That then yeah, I would say it's James Brochet. Um, there are some other guys in in, in the mix. Um, Denzel Mims, Denzel Mims, Jamon Osborn down the, uh, down there at at A and yeah. I would also say Texas kind of spreads it around too much that they yeah. don't really I would say yeah. have that one guy. But yeah, yeah I I think that from a pure talent perspective, I'd still go with Rager. But yeah. as far as the Sorry, output, Rico as far as the output is concerned, oh, R. I. P. Too as far soon. As, the, as far as the output is concerned, yeah, I don't think there's any way any doubt about it. It's, yeah. it's James Prochet. Yeah, He's yeah, sensational. I mean, it, it's just. He's so good. Uh, here's the thing that I love about him, too. And this is something that you say about Rager, too, when they get him going, which they just can't they're, right they're now. They make me lose my freaking mind with Jalen Rager. <laughs> but, uh, but with James Prochet, I mean, he's not a big guy. He is a fast guy, but he's not like a 4'3 necessarily. 
the big thing is that he is able to make so many plays in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, he can get open out of the slot. He can get open on the outside. He can go over you. He can go through you. It doesn't matter. Wherever you line him up, James Prochet is going to go and make plays. And that's something that early in his career when he was playing next to Cortland Sutton and Trey Quinn, mm-hmm. he was kind of that compliment. And now the fact that you can line him up anywhere and have him do anything, I mean, that's that's it. That's what you're looking for. It's it's really impressive what he's been able to put together. All right, very quickly, I know you're going to talk a lot about it on Republic of Football this week. Uh, subscribe to Republic of Football wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but, I mean, it's it's a good slate of games. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a great slate I would of say games. it's actually a really deep, fun slate of games, Heck too. Yeah. But a lot of the oxygen in the room is going to get sucked up by two games. Yeah. Obviously, Texas OU. Yeah. Um, Spoiler, I'm going. Um, obviously, Texas OU, major implications. I would argue that we still are in a position where I don't think whoever lose. I, I still think this is the first of two meetings. I, I still believe that these are probably the two best teams in, in the conference. This is probably the first of two meetings. But whoever wins this game obviously has that little bit of uh, obviously bragging rights. But furthermore, they have that that extra. Um, I would say get out of jail free card. Yeah. This is this this gets you this this buys you a, a bad loss. Whereas the loser of this game doesn't really have a margin for error. Yeah. Well. It- I think that just looking at these two teams, there is a reality that both of them will probably lose another game somewhere. Like yes. I think that that's probably likely, just with yeah. where, where teams are right now. Um, and you mentioned, I mean, if, if Texas wins this game and can finish the year ten and two, uh, you know, and and with potentially the one seed, obviously heading into the Big Twelve title game, that's huge. You know, because last year Texas kind of I, I don't want to say that they kind of backed into it, but you know they they kind of had a lot of things go right to get into that Big 12 title game. Mm-hmm. So to go in there and truly be one of the two best teams in in the state, uh, in the Big 12 rather, and dominate their way and get in without any issues. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's what it's all about. You know, that's that's progress. That's a step. That's what you want to see from Texas. And, um, and obviously for Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma is completely untested to this point. We don't right. know anything about mm-hmm. Oklahoma. And, right. you know, maybe they're really, really good. Maybe their offense is really, really good. Maybe their defense is improved. But until right now we don't know yeah and for texas to go out there and and shut things down and cause some issues for them would be huge especially with all the injuries that they're dealing with in the secondary with all the injuries that they're dealing with that running back the fact that colin johnson hasn't really been healthy at all this year and hasn't really been a factor uh, i mean to go out there and put up a big performance against one of the top 10 teams in the country in a rivalry game in front of the nation that would be huge yeah i think so and, and obviously you know it's always a big game Feels like the kind of game that, like I know the the joke of is Texas like Texas is back. It's like I gotta tell you, <laughs> like if Texas goes and beats OU, yeah, um, and I know they've beaten OU before, and they have they been don't back. have to rely on Dicker the kicker <laughs> with like three seconds left. They haven't <laughs> been back, right? I know they've won games and they haven't been back, but I will say that this would feel different. Yeah, this would feel like okay, maybe they're the best team in the Big Twelve. Well, the the thing is too is that. When it comes to Texas, I mean, Texas has beaten Oklahoma multiple times in the past couple of years, but it's usually been as like a, all right, you know, something happened, right? Like, a, oh, Tyrone Swoops just decided to have an amazing game for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, like, usually it's just something weird happening. It's them catching them off guard. It's them being up for a rivalry game. It's them playing up to their competition. And not that Oklahoma overlooks Texas by any means in other years, but there is no excuse. This is their marquee game on the schedule. And, and Oklahoma didn't even have a non-conference game to kind of be that marquee game instead. Mm-hmm. This is it. 
This is the game that everybody's been looking forward to all year long. They know that in a lot of ways their season rides on this game, their playoff case rides on this game. Um, and I think that there's kind of no excuse for Oklahoma to not be motivated for this game. Right. So you go into this game with two teams that are very motivated, two teams that want to prove that they're the best team in the Big 12 and wants to prove that they can be a legit uh, playoff contender. I mean, this is it. This is it. This is an opportunity to show that. And I think that, you know, for Texas to come out and win this game, I think you're right. I think that they jump into that playoff conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I think they even end up in a conversation where even with two losses, they could be in that conversation if they were able to uh, to kind of go through and be dominant the rest of the schedule. I think that's fair. And uh, and obviously, too, the big thing as well is that the best way that they're going to prove that is if they go, if they do lose another game, let's say. Obviously, if you only lose the one game to LSU, you're in. That's no question. Right. But, but if you do lose another one later on in the schedule, if you have two wins over Oklahoma to show for it, too, that's that's going to do a lot. That's going to do a lot. Yeah. Uh, the other game, um, I think, obviously, is um, Texas Tech and Baylor. No. Um, <laughs> uh, the other, the you other, want a good game? Or? The, the, yeah. other, the, other, the other game is A&M and, and, and Alabama yeah. as the number one yeah. team in the yeah. nation comes to town. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, there are, there are understandably reasons to think that Alabama is going to come in here and just, just body a and yeah. Um, sell me on this game being interesting. Okay. So, <laughs> Texas A&M's a lot better at home. Like, way better at home. Agreed. Uh, so, at, at least at having good performance. Not always winning the games, but they are much better performing at home. Um, you know, Kellen Mond hasn't really had a breakout game this year, uh, and that's typically where you kind of get those Alabama wins is by a quarterback going off and having a crazy game. And you kind of hope maybe that can happen this week. Um, you know, defensively, I think that A&M secondary is further along now this year than they were last year. Mm -hmm. He's struggling. I don't know how many more things <laughs> I can say. I know. Uh, <laughs> what I, what I mean, it's about Alabama's, it. Alabama's defense is young. -ish. Yeah. You know, they, they have, a, they, I think that I saw some stat that they start like the third most freshmen on, on like across the roster mm -hmm. in, in college football. The issue is that all of those freshmen are five stars. <laughs> you know, they're all elite, elite players. Um, but they are young. You know, they are, they can mess up sometimes. Um, and A&M has the skill position talent to take advantage of that if they're able. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to find. It, the biggest issue for me is just that I think that a going to get killed up front. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. That's where I keep coming back to is yeah. on both sides. It happened with Arkansas. On yeah. both sides of the ball, it just feels like right now that the every time that A&M plays a, not even great, yeah. but a good defensive line, like right. I worry. Yeah. Auburn feasted on them. Arkansas, who is not a great off defensive line, right. they feasted on them. Like, right. bad. Well, and, and that's the issue is that Auburn is not as good as Alabama, obviously. And uh, defensively, I think their defensive line is older and maybe more experienced. Mm -hmm. That's maybe one area where they're better. But uh, but they're not as good. And, you know, the two games that Anim has played against good defensive lines, they were not competitive. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, they, they were truly non-factors. And, I mean, you look at that Clemson game, which I think in a lot of ways is a good uh, analog for what this game mm -hmm. is going to be, except for that I think that two is better than Trevor Lawrence and that passing offense is better. I think that you saw, I mean, up through the last drive of the game where AM scored a touchdown that didn't really mean anything, they had less than 200 offensive yards. Yeah. You know, the, that's the question. If they can't run the ball, then I, I don't know 
what there is to be done. And everybody, yeah, I know everybody's going to yell at Calamond about it, but like, if you can't run the ball. It ain't Calamond's fault, man. Yeah. What the hell is he supposed I, to do? I, that is the hill I'll die on about yeah. AM. It's, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's that it's people not. who are blaming Kellen Mond are just, are, they're missing the point. Yeah. He is Shahan J. Raja. Uh, listen to Republic of Football. A new episode dropping tomorrow yep. evening? Tomorrow. 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 Yeah. Uh, so make sure you listen to that. Get and and make sure and pay attention to TexasFootball.com because we obviously have some great stories on Texas Lutheran. Of and on last year's, uh, in fact, I, I'm not even going to say which, there was a game on the same day as Red River last year, that was way better. That is a tease. Shahan J. Raja Ooh. on Twitter, <laughs> at Shahan J. Raja. Uh, thanks, buddy. We'll do it again next week. Sounds good. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in partnership with Visit Fort Worth, is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 6 Visit Fort Worth Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Mark Red Barons from Saxe. Saxe's 45-17 win over Garland High was big for a lot of reasons. The Mustangs even their record in 10-6A play and was also career win number 100 for Coach Barons. In 5A, Joseph Sam from Fort Bend High Tower. After going 0-2 in their first two games of the year, first-year coach Sam has the Hurricanes rolling in their third straight win, a key District 10-5A Division I victory over Angleton, 23-20. In 4A, Chris Souza from Beeville Jones. So far, so good in Souza's return to Beeville as the veterans Trojans, who had 10 starters back, have picked up Souza's unique balance and balanced slot T offense to the tune of 43 points per game with a 6-0 start after a 50-34 win over San Antonio Central Catholic. In 3A, Jeff Cordell from Crane. First-year coach Cordell has the crane has a golden crane soaring at 6-0 after a 50-39 win over Ozona. In 2A, Craig Horn from Italy. Craig Horn has won at every stop in his coaching journey, including a state title at Tenaha, and he's continuing it in Ellis County as the Gladiators are off to a 4-2 start with a thrilling 44-43 win over preseason district favorite Bosqueville. And in 1A, Justin Wayne Rucker from White Deer. In a matchup of state-ranked foes, Rucker's Bucks used a second-half surge to topple Milford 64-42. So those are your Week 6 Visit Fort Worth Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Mark Red Barons from Saxe. In 5A, Joseph Sam from Four Penn Hightower. In 4A, Chris Souza from Beeville Jones. In 3A, Jeff Cordell from Crane. In 2A, Craig Horn from Italy. And in 1A, Justin Wayne Rucker from White Deer. Congratulations to all the coaches. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. I liked the uh, the golden cranes are soaring. That was uh, well written. Step wrote that. Step did good. Good job, Step. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches across the state for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at the season's end. Your Week 6 Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees Clyde Defensive Coordinator Dust- Dustin Morphis. The Bulldogs forced three turnovers, including an interception return for a touchdown, and held Stanford to just 53 total yards in route to its third consecutive shutout, 61-0. Austin Del Valley offensive coordinator Vernon Hughes. Quarterback Jace Wilson threw for 383 yards and five touchdowns, including 202 yards and three scores to Darius Lewis as the Cardinals exploded past Austin High, 77-34. 
Pasadena Adobe defense coordinator Cody Blanchard. In a matchup of undefeated squads, the Longhorns defense proved to be the dominant force, stymieing the explosive humble offense en route to a 21-7 victory. And finally, godly offensive coordinator Jacob Marwitz. The Wildcats rolled up 781 yards of total offense, including 580 yards and eight touchdowns pass, passing from quarterback Ethan McBrayer as they roared past Canton 67-40. So those are your Week 6 Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees, Clyde Defense Coordinator Dustin Morphis, Austin Del Valle Offensive Coordinator Vernon Hughes, Pasadena Adobe Defense Coordinator Cody Blanchard, and Godly Offensive Coordinator Jacob Marwitz. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. It's twitter.com slash DCTF. ETF. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Please consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash Insider. Matt Stepp was on the road all last weekend. Stayed local for the first one in Arlington as he watched Arlington Bowie get a big win. Uh, afterwards, he caught up with the head coach of the Volunteers, Coach Danny DeArmond. Here is Matt Stepp's conversation with Arlington Bowie Coach Danny DeArmond here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football back here at Wildman Field in Arlington here with the head coach of the Bowie Volunteers, Danny DeArmond, after a uh, 44-13 win over uh, Sam Houston to improve to 4-1 on the year and more importantly 2-0 in district play. Congratulations. Appreciate it. It was a good, it was a good game. Uh, proud of the kids and, and their effort tonight. Now the first half you guys came out, I thought offensively you guys were very crisp. You scored 30 points in the first half. Um, I thought um, your quarterback was just sensational. Uh, had 300 yards of total offense. Um, he, he's definitely a playmaker. What, what makes your quarterback special? You know, um, his legs. That, that, that's what creates everything for him. Um, he's he's done a great job being able to uh, to get himself out of the pocket and create stuff. Uh, his arm has has gotten better uh, since the spring, um, but his legs are are you know the big difference. When the pocket breaks down, he he can make plays. And your offensive line, your receivers kind of know that. And they they got. I, mean, I thought the downfield blocking when he broke contain was sensational. Oh, it was. Uh, you know, I thought the the kids did a great job. I don't know that crisp would be the the word that I would use. <laughs> I, I felt like we were we were a different ball team tonight. I, I thought we had way too many penalties. Um, I thought we had a lot of mistakes. I thought we played hard, which is characteristic of this team. Um, they're a great bunch of kids, but um, we did not play with our, our head screwed on right. I was going to ask you, the second half, uh, it was sloppy, the second half for sure, a lot of penalties. Um, thought the execution you know, didn't wasn't there. Do you think that had something? I, mean, I know this is a rivalry game, and, and things can get chippy and get competitive in rivalry games. Uh, is that kind of a lesson you're going you're to talk to your kids as you, as you go through the rest of the season? Is, hey, even in these intense moments, we've, we've got to be smarter and we've got to keep our heads about us? Well, every single year we play Sam Houston, it is a game just like this. And regardless of what the score says, that doesn't... It's not, uh, you know, reminiscent of what the the game actually was. It's, it was a lot closer than what that score says, um, and it's like that every single year. And and I talk to the kids about it when we come over here. It's going to be a dogfight. They're going to come out and play the best football they can play, and uh, we have to rise to the occasion, uh, just like we do every single week. And I don't think that we did a very good job of that tonight. Um, we definitely we talked about it already, and and uh, we'll talk about it again tomorrow when we come in and watch the film. But um, you know we we can't we can't do that and, and be a great football team. 
I, mean, I guess I guess the, the the lesson though is I guess if uh, you know. You, you get the win, so that's always that's a good thing. You, you got out of here with the win. It's a tough environment. You, you get out of here with the win. But you still got some uh, some lessons to work on the rest of the year. As you get, I know you got tough games later on in the year. You're, you know the Arlington ISD district is always tough, and, and the football is very good. So I guess if you can teach teach a lesson on a winning note, it's a lot better than uh, going to school tomorrow on a losing note, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And you know the the one thing that I've I've really tried to. Um, harp on is is enjoying the win uh we may not have been pretty tonight but we we got a w and we need to uh we need to enjoy that for for a little bit and then get ready for arlington high final question for you what's the uh celebratory post game meal going to be <laughs> it's it's got to be chicken wings I, I love i love some no frills all right, what, what do you, what's your go-to? You look like a spicy barbecue guy. I got it. No, no, I know. Buffalo. Buffalo? Bone-in, buffalo, fries, and ranch. There you go. Coach, uh, get you some wings and uh, enjoy, enjoy the uh, the win, and uh, we'll see you the rest of the way and hopefully come playoff time. I appreciate you. There he is. Danny Bierman, the head coach of the Arlington Bowie Volunteers. What a post-game meal, man. I'm always down for wings. Yeah, I am too. Big game this week against Arlington. Big, big game. Um, should be fun to see those two go at it. Uh, we appreciate Coach Dandy Arman. Matt Stepvin got on the road and headed to Houston, specifically to Humboldt Turner Stadium, where he caught up with the victorious and still unbeaten Pasadena Adobe Longhorns and their head coach, Kevin Bernithi. Here is Matt Stepp's conversation with Pasadena Adobe coach Kevin Bernithi here on Texas. Matt Step, Dave Campbell's Texas football back here at Turner Stadium in Humble here with the head coach of the unbeaten passing to Dobie Longhorns, Coach Kevin Bernithi. Coach, a uh, 21-7 win over Humble. Uh, wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing uh, victory by all means, but I mean, an ugly win's better than a pretty loss, right? I mean, we, I mean, we've been a team just now that's been scoring 55 points a game and only giving up three. So, I mean, you can call it ugly one. A win is a win, and we're going to take it. Uh, first time Dobie's been undefeated. It's uh, been 5-0 since 1999. Now, your defense, I mean, you mentioned their offense, they're averaging over 55 points a game. To hold them to seven, pretty impressive. I mean, I know you'd like to have the one long pass back and, and walk away with a shutout, but you're holding that offense to seven points. Um, what was the game plan coming in to try to contain uh, that, that, that kind of skill talent that Humble, Humble possesses? Just don't let them, you know, get a beat on what we're doing. I mean, make stuff up. Um, you know, they've been like that long pass. They've been doing that to people all year long. I mean, like four or five times a game, you know, and for us just to only give up one, I, I wish we wouldn't have in the situation we we're in, uh, but that's great by our defense. You know, we talked about not giving up the big play, you know, limiting them, make them earn everything. Uh, I think the first half we did a really good job of that. Uh, second half, I thought we did good, you know, until that last that last long ball that they threw, and, um, you know, twice they were down inside the red zone, and our defense held them and, and, and made them miss a, and they missed a field goal, and, you know, that's big. I thought, I thought you're, from the press box, we thought your, your two defensive tackles were real menaces tonight and really caught, disrupted a lot of what they do in their running game especially. Uh, talk about those guys and just uh, kind of what they mean to the defense. They kind of, seems like your defensive tackles and your defensive line as a whole really sets the tone for the entire defense. Well, we got a kid, Javon Sanchez. He started last year for us. Uh, uh, big time player. Uh, you know, we got multiple guys that play in there. Marco Sanchez, another kid that goes in there. Mario Barajas, Isaiah Cupion. Uh, we rotate a lot of guys in there. They're big, strong kids. They work hard in the weight room and they play with a lot of effort. And when you play with effort, you can do some good things. Offensively, uh, fourth quarter, I think you guys kind of found your footing and really started to get the running game going. And some of those one and two yard gains started to turn into six or seven yard gains. I know your offense is predicated on that. Do you feel like your offensive line towards the end of the game kind of started to wear them down a little bit and kind of took control of things and helped you guys see this one through? Uh, you know, 
we just had to go back to basics. You know, we, we went in at halftime and said, hey, let's just go back to our basics, teach the normal rules, you know, just go back to, you know, what we call, you know, 18 pitch, 16 counter, 30 trap, 30 traps. I mean, old school trap. That's the touchdown play we ran on fourth and 12. Right I think here. you broke a 30-yard run on that one, too, yeah. later in the fourth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you know, block down and kick out the inside guy, and our back made a good run. All right, now final question for you. You're going in, you know, you're undefeated in the district. you still got a long way to go. Um, look, looking at film, and you got, you got to watch film and that kind of thing. How do you know, what do you got, think you guys need to do to keep improving to try to compete? Because I know you guys want to compete for a district title, and, and this district is uh, very good at, at the top especially. We're about to play a really good Kingwood team, and they're really well coached. Coach Campbell does a great job there. Uh, they play hard. They're strong. They're tough. They're sound. Uh, we just got to go back. We just got to keep working. You know, like I said, you know, like I told our kids, we're just back to work Monday morning, you know. Uh, and let's keep on going. We play next Saturday, so we got another Saturday game, which is tough. We're going to play at 2 o'clock. We've never done that before. So it's just another thing that we've got to adjust to and, and overcome. All right, final question for you. Uh, what's the post-game meal going to be like? What, 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 is, what, do you, what, do you, what do you celebrate with uh, post-game? I'm a Whataburger guy. Okay, yeah, I mean, okay. Whataburger? Uh, double meat Whataburger, no tomatoes, onions, uh, put a little mayonnaise on it. Are you a French fry onion ring guy? French fries. Okay, all yeah. right. Well, there you go. Coach Coach, uh, Coach Berniti is going to be visiting a, a Whataburger in Pasadena uh, very soon to celebrate the win. Congrats, Coach. Appreciate it. Here he is, Kevin Berniti, head coach. Uh, undefeated Pasadena Adobe Longhorns uh, and a French fry guy. Um, <laughs> Matt Step makes sure. That's the thing. Matt Step, I don't think anybody can doubt. Anybody can question his journalistic bona fides because that guy asks the hard-hitting questions. He asks the questions people want to know. Oh, you absolutely want to know what you celebrate with yes. after a big one. That is the, 110%. those are the questions um, that, you know, I, I, you know, I know Steph doesn't have a journalism degree. That's fine. I, I think that no think one would that, ever know. I think that he is, it's proven. He's proven that he's a capital J journalist. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, let's see. First off, uh, I wanted to shout out Eric Roark when we talked about yesterday that if people are out of state, they should yes. chime in. Uh, he's for, he's in Durango, Colorado right hey now. now. That is not a bordering Texas, so shout out to you. Yeah, good job. So I wanted to point that out. Um, another big one, Tim Guzman asked, he talked a lot about the, left a big comment about the A&M game and stuff, and he said mm -hmm. at the end, I don't know why Bama and A&M every year is so hyped up. And I wanted to see if you agreed with me on this. I think that the main reason behind it is because, one, obviously it's a conference SEC matchup, but two, I feel like specifically when they're going at home, they have such a big chance to, like, this massive upset. Now, will it happen? No, probably not. But just the fact that it's so hyped up along the lines of it could happen, I feel like that's the biggest I think reason. that – so here's the, – the, the thing is that A&M is probably, in my opinion, they're probably the fourth best team in that division, mm -hmm. right, uh, behind Alabama, Bama, Auburn, Auburn, and LSU. Mm -hmm. But – Alabama's not going to lose to the Mississippi, uh, Mississippi schools, <laughs> and they're not going to lose Arkansas. And as a result, this is a team that is right on that border of like, well, maybe they could upset them. The is fact it, that it's at not? Kyle mm -hmm. is is big. Um, I mean, a is still ranked. I mean, let's not forget, they're still ranked. We can certainly have a conversation as to whether or not they should be, but... <laughs> I, I think that they are still ranked. It's still it's 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 Alabama who always draws eyeballs against a ranked opponent at an, on the road. Uh, yeah, at a field that gets eyes regardless of who at, they play. Exactly right. At a big time program, um, that is one of the things. Now, and the other thing is that they've done it before. Mm -hmm. Now I know that that was 
now seven years ago when Johnny did it, but they have that history. And so I would say that until A&M is like, or Alabama falls back to earth or A&M is like straight up, like not good. good, um, Then there, then it's always going to be a big game because, Mm -hmm. because especially I think that there is still this, that there is still the aura of, of, Kyle feel that that anything can happen there and mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it yeah okay we're, yeah we're basically on the same page there um the only other one is Jesse Wyatt said what do you think of the Springtown at Decatur game next week are the porcupines legit let's talk about that Friday all right yeah Jesse just uh come back Friday come we'll back Friday we'll let you know actually isn't it for next week Springtown's got to get past Mineral Wells this week oh well, yeah it week. did say next week Come on. So one game at a time. Next Friday. Brian Hewlett is taking it one game at a time, and so are we. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks to Shahan J. Raja, Kevin Bernithi of Pasadena Adobe, and Danny DeArmond of Arlington Bowie for being our guests. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.